You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, it is gone! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 115. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we'll recap the week of games the Indians have played against the Blue Jays and White Sox, and maybe look ahead to the Tigers a little bit. Neil Ramirez nearly threw an immaculate inning once, and you probably didn't even notice. Um, Carlos Santana is amazing. Jake Bowers has, has hit the ball really hard and has not been quite amazing, but maybe he can be pretty good. Then we'll talk about the Reds-Pirates fight and kind of drag that into the world of the Indians a little bit. Um, before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening, wherever you're tuning in, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, I don't know, wherever you wherever you find this podcast. If you do, just leave us a comment or a review, whatever you want to do to help us let us know how you're how you're thinking about it and help us show up in, in podcast things. Uh, joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Hey, what did people think of like the 2005 Cleveland Indians? I don't have clear, I was a senior in high school, I don't have clear memories of that era of my life. What was the general scuttlebutt around that team? They won 93 games, came in second behind some team, I'm sure, 2005. No one won the World Series that year. So, Do you remember? I don't at all. That was that was still Pronk and Sizemore, right? Yeah. Uh, that was the younger years. Yeah, I mean, the, the number six hitter on the team was Ronnie Belliard. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that whole... Like before 2013 or before 2007 just sort of blends together for me. It's kind of a the, the era is between the mm-hmm. 90s and 2007. It's it's a, it's a bit of a blur, like you said. Which I mean, they weren't even bad, really. You know, they had some great players. Uh, I think Tommy probably had some of his best years as an Indian in like in, in those years. And uh, I know 2000. I think it was three. It was kind of a guard. No guard. I think they won the playoff. They won the playoffs in three or something like that. But they were. I mean, they were very good. Suffice to say. Um. No, they 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 lost. They won sixty eight games in two thousand three. I take that. Back. <laughs> so basically, the playoffs. Ooh, Milton Bradley was their best player that year. That's right. <laughs> a year after, I remember Milton Bradley. That's what I remember. A year after Jim Tomey posted a seven point four win above replacement season. Woo, baby. Mm, <laughs> and then in comes Milton Bradley and okay. Eric Wedge the next year. Will anyone ever remember Eric Wedge? I feel like I have more memories of Manny Acta than Eric Wedge as, an, as a Cleveland Indians manager, <laughs> mainly because I don't think Eric Wedge is a real human, even now today. I think he was a cardboard cutout the entire time. He's a Fortnite character. That's what he looks like. He just always loved to bring in someone <laughs> named Raphael out of the bullpen. was his favorite activity, I think. <laughs> That's on his Tinder account. It's there were interests so- <laughs> bringing people named Raphael. <laughs> so many Raphaels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great though. Thanks for asking. It's uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah. yeah, it's nice we had we had some baseball, a little more baseball, which is way better than the last time we talked. I mean, the la- I was I looked back just to make sure we don't duplicate topics or anything. But last time it was mostly just how awful everything was to start the season and how bad Tyler Naquin was, and that's turned around. Um, he's so a in star this last now, week yeah. of games. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's he's ba- I should you know Terry Francona should really bat him third. Get I out of click. <laughs> Anyway, in the last week, um, the Indians, they're 5-1. and one. They swept the Blue Jays for their homestand. Um, they split 1-1 one, one with, the, with the White Sox. Uh, the starting rotation, of course, was incredible. Eight, eight earned runs over 33 in the third innings um, for an ERA of 2.16. The Rays, I didn't realize, they in the last week, they haven't allowed a single run. Their starters haven't, which is insane. Uh, Mike Clevenger, zero earned runs over 12 innings. And that long-haired, beautiful man peaked at 97 miles per hour. He did tweak his back, apparently, but he, he seems to be fine. Nothing with his arms, so that's okay. Adam Simber, um, zero earned runs and three relief outing. Shane Bieber, two earned run his debut. So the whole pitching staff has just been incredible. The I guess sort of Corey Kluber, who's hasn't had had one bad outing, which we can talk about in a minute. That you had a nice whole post ready to go, and we said as long as he's just fine this oh yeah with this God outing, damn. it'll still work. And then he wasn't. Whatever <laughs> he happened to that everything. post anyway? It just disappeared. It's still sitting there. <laughs> okay, we'll just hold on until he does good again. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because also Carlos Carrasco kind of ruined that too. But then he had a pretty good outing. Um, and then of course Carlos Santana, he was really good. Tyler Naquin, super good, which is crazy to me that that just all of a sudden happened. Jose Ramirez seems to be back. Um, and then Jake Bowers, this is the one we can start with mainly here. That that boy's hitting the ball pretty hard. It's it's of course it's not fun to watch Yandy Diaz actually hit it out of the park several times and be slowly turning into a phenom in the major leagues. Well, Jake Bowers is just suitable <laughs> as a batter and has decent range in the outfield with not much of an arm. So 
So what have you made of Jake Bauer so far? And I know you've been defending him on Twitter and showing just how hard he is hitting the ball repeatedly. So are we going to start seeing something out of him soon? I assume so. I don't even call it defending. I'm just posting facts. And I mean, it just is true that he's hitting the ball very hard. I, I Stating exit velocities absent all other data is obviously a bit... Um, what's I'm looking for here? Kind of intellectually dishonest, I suppose. Because at least one of those 103 mile an hour batter balls was almost right into the ground, so it's not like he's hitting the all just missiles into the outfield. That said, the walk off home run that um, Santana had right before that, Bowers hit an incredibly hard shot just into the the, the absolute largest part of the park. So he just was in a, in a way unlucky due to. I don't know, a light breeze and the fact that he hit it just the wrong direction. And then he hit that almost home run on Sunday, I believe it was, that was, again, not a home run by a couple inches. I mean, you know, they always say you eat your Wheaties, you know, an extra bowl of Wheaties that day, or if he gets a slight gust of wind or an extra three RPM, a backspin on the ball or something, you know, like he, he missed that by the most minute of amounts. It's, um, I think it's all going to come together. The we still don't know anything yet. The numbers don't actually tell any stories yet. But again, we have all these all the statcast information these days. So if he were to continue in this direction, that direction being you know a launch angle at fifteen point two on average, an exit velocity at eighty eight point nine, uh, a hard hit rate at thirty four point eight, which I don't have that right in front of me, but would be a very good one from a year ago. If if those things all maintained into uh you know things normalizing then i don't have any problem thinking to myself that he will be a something resembling a star you know so yeah that's that's basically what i've been clinging to too is that um i mean the whole yandy diaz thing like if if you want to spin it in a way for the indians they kind of traded yandy diaz who was having trouble elevating the ball for a guy who who could already elevate the ball and hit it hard and also might be more versatile in the field and also four years younger. Yeah, also, so, I, I, we forget he's 23 years old. I right, mean, that's the biggest thing, I think. Yandy Diaz is already like 27. He's about to turn 28, yeah. so that's a big deal. And I, it's just Diaz has less control, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. It, it's I, I'm, I'm going to harken back to this as much as possible throughout the years as the Indians continue to struggle in this in one way or another. Um. A lot of the guys who we're expecting to be everyday players aren't going to be great right now because they're all really young and we're all waiting for some development from some of them. Like I think Bowers is part and parcel of that. He's like, him, and then you know, on the pitching side, maybe someone like either either point at either Shane Bieber or in the bullpen Adam Simber. They're going to have rocky times, but uh, it's it's a it's a weird growth year, I suppose. And again, he's been hitting the ball hard. He's been a little bit unlucky, and he's. I think it cannot be undersold how he's taking some very good pitches, good close pitches for balls that he wouldn't be able to do anything with. I, that's just something I've noticed with, just by watching the games. Uh, I don't have the data in front of me right now, and I can't post people a graphic right now because this is an audio medium. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week how surprised we both were that he, he led like all rookies in walks last season and that he has a really patient hitter. That's which is something that Yandy Diaz had too, but it, it seems like Jake Bowers is taking that into the majors a lot more than Yandy has. So I, I guess at some point I'm going to have to shut up about Yandy Diaz. I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen. <laughs> I think it's going to have to be that Jake Bowers starts to hit a, a lot better or Yandy Diaz cools off a lot. Until then, I'm going to cry myself to sleep a little bit every night. But I do. Not, but not, I, I still don't think it's terrible. Not to, not to. Oh, by the way, I think it was uh, Saturday or Sunday. I, it was Saturday, actually. Jake Bowers had the hardest hit ball of anyone in that ga- entire game. So, boom. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's hitting the ball hard. Yeah, that's uh, one thing I was just thinking about Yandy Diaz. And I, I know we talk about it, the players not even on the team anymore too much after spending all of last year on the free Yandy campaign, which infuriated many of our readers. Uh, <laughs> they all loved it. What are you talking? Oh about? yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about this. There's, you know, up until five years ago, it was always about hitting line drives and things like that. And I know a line drive isn't a five degrees above zero, but like. At the very base of it all, there's no line drive, basically just zero degrees above whatever. I don't know. It's just something I think about. It's, it's, it, maybe it's bullshit, and it was just kind of a half-formed thought in my head. 
from the other day. But wait, what? He is a good <laughs> wait, line drive. Like, all right, so you lost what is me. a line? If, if if you were to hit a line drive, what in your mind, in terms of like launch angle, would that be? Like five to ten degrees? I don't even know. I mean, I, I I'm sure that the what do you call classifies in some way? I don't I don't know the number. So I don't know, just I was a half formed thought in my head from the other day. I mean, he's a great hitter from, you know, 40 years ago, basically. And that's something I think we've talked about before with Yandy Diaz. But it's just Jake Bowers is more of a modern-day style of hitter. So Yeah, I think if Yandy Diaz was in the I past, we would just look at him as, I think he'd almost be seen as a weak hitter because he hit so many balls in the ground, or did <laughs> until I, now. But I don't know. I I mean, if, it, if, if he was a hitter from anywhere between about 1910 to 1960, he'd, have like, he'd hit like 380. He'd basically be like Ty Cobb at the plate. You would just have a whole ton of singles and a bunch of doubles. So. And a lot of players would. I, I think Ronnie Belliard would be pretty damn good in 1920. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, I I think a, a good, uh, an interesting comparison would be like someone like like Roberto Clemente or someone like that. A guy who didn't hit a ton of home runs, but he had a great average and a lot of a lot of doubles and stuff. And I think if it weren't for shifts and whatnot, Yandy Diaz would be more valuable. That and obviously athleticism. But you know, it's, then, then we're just going to walk ourselves down a rabbit hole. But no, back to Jake Bowers. I think he'll be fine still. We're how many? He now has 29 plate appearances. So we're 100 before we can start caring about what's actually happening. And like, he, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. I, I, I think he's going to, I think when I say fine, I'm thinking like a 115 WRC plus for the year, something like that, 120. I think that would be great because at that point, he's the third best hitter on the team behind two MVP candidates, and he's, again, 23 years old. Well, no, so. he's going to be the third. You're discounting my, my friend Carlos Santana here. Or Bowers is going to be the right, fourth. fourth I mean. I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. You, first of all. <laughs> Who I think we should talk about, and this is very early, and I, I mentioned it somewhere, either on Twitter or in Slack or something like that, but he's been going opposite field oh, yeah. an awful lot this yeah, that's year. What, yeah, it's like, like the opposite of Jake Bowers. He's, awful lot. He's, yeah, he's working the field more than just smashing the ball. Well, I, I I say that about Jake Bowers too. He is also doing that. He is not pulling the ball as much as he was in the second half of the year. Uh, but you know, it's Santana who has a long track record of pulling the ball. I think for his career, like forty eight percent pull percentage. But this year, again, in a non amount of games, he's he's spraying it everywhere. So that's big for him because I mean, if he can do that, because we've always known he's very strong, uh, he could be. They could have a resurgent to uh, 2019, so we'll see. But I'm very impressed with what he's doing so far. Do you think it's possible this is the Indians as a whole, kind of like attacking the shift and the way teams have been playing? Because Jose Ramirez was trying to bun a board a couple times early on, and then Carlos Santana slapping the ball everywhere, and Jake Bauer slapping the ball everywhere. So it seems like are they sort of trying to get away from just hitting home runs all the time, at least maybe early in the season when everybody's usually slow to start? Or I think it's interesting that there's several players now who seem to be hitting differently on the Indians compared to what they did last year. I mean, it's either just a coincidence or like a conceded effort by the Indians coaching staff to say, beat these shifts because this is how teams are playing. Um, and we also have a bunch of people who aren't very good at hitting. So <laughs> we're going to do whatever we can to try to make them a little better. Yeah. To, to squeeze whatever blood we can out of this stone. I got you. Um, you know, I never really thought about that. I, I don't put a lot of credence into hitting coaches a lot of times, but I mean, we've seen on in countless different teams that there's often a mandate on how a team, how teams will attack the ball. That said, it's weird to see. It would be weird to see that out of a, you know, a whatever tenure or whatever he is, veteran in Santana, suddenly deciding to do that. But if you can show him his, you know, his hit chart from a year ago, his batter ball chart from a year ago, and say this is where they were playing you, this is where your balls always go, maybe, and then just shrug at him for a moment. <laughs> And, and and hope that he gets it. Yeah, Mary, I never would have guessed that you didn't believe too much in hitting coaches when you wrote an article about Ty Van Berkeley being an imaginary person. So, <laughs> I don't know. I Again, can't believe that. I still, I still don't think he exists. <laughs> um, I mean, no. I mean, and I've said this before. It's more, it's more just because hitting is right. too reactive. You can't really teach someone to do that. It's more just about making sure guys don't get in their own heads, I suppose. But that would be an interesting... I guess mandate. And then, like I said, with all the data we have now, you can so, show someone like Santana who has spent his entire career in variously data-ridden uh, teams between the Phillies and the Indians. You can, you can just show him, this is where they play you every time, man. I mean, just try it. 
for a week. <laughs> what do you want from me, Carlos? This is where they're standing. Just hit it not near them, please. I just they're it's, they go there every time, every time. <laughs> yeah, it might not. Maybe it's not even just hmm. the Indians. It might just be league wide that players are starting to hate the shift and they want to beat it. Um, everybody not named Chris Davis might be caring because Chris Davis obviously is not trying to beat it. He just cannot get a hit. So oh, I feel so bad for him. I mean, I know he's going to be paid $25 million a year. I think probably starting next year, actually, when the extension kicks in is the best part. <laughs> I could be wrong, but, ooh, they were just like live live cut-ins to watch him fly out to center field again, just so he could, when he was setting a record. It's so sad. I, mean, I get that part. Of the, like, a record's really? a record, I mean, but it's it's sad for him. I guess, yeah. but sad, re- <laughs> sad records are the worst kinds of records. They make me sad whenever when the guy's going through it. <laughs> it is true, and he's he's really bad right now. There's no, like, yeah, I... Does he just not? I mean, we're getting away from the Indians, but it doesn't matter. But does he just not care about like doing anything to get it? He just wants to hit the way he hits, and he's going to overcome it. Well, that's I don't get the it. thing. Like tonight, I I saw three of his at bats, and he hit, he pulled one to right, he hit one to dead center, and he smacked one to left. All hard line oh, drives. So he's all very unlucky. <laughs> yeah, he just um go check out on beyond the box score a great article written by me <laughs> delving into this i think his i think his bat has just slowed down <laughs> i'm i'm gonna but, beep out that name we can't be advertising other blogs on this uh podcast <laughs> <Damn. here. laughs> uh but i th- i think him i think he's just gotten old and he was always a flawed hitter who um caught lightning in a bottle for two years or whatever yeah, that's the big and part of it. Is the Orioles ago. just overpaid on a guy they should not have paid? What a stupid contract that was! <laughs> like, if he makes three million this year, it doesn't matter. You just cut him, and it's fine. But they just severely I, overpaid. I, I always think back to like when he was a free agent, and uh, Jim Bowden is that who it is? Mm-hmm. He's the baseball writer on ESPN, right? The former yep. GM, and then Keith Law were having a discussion on TV, and then Bowden was like, or Bowden was like. Yeah, I'd give him whatever, $125 million. It was always like, that's the stupidest idea on earth. I mean, I'm paraphrasing because, yeah, but it, he was right. I, well, mean, I mean, following Keith Law on Twitter is probably the, not the, too far from what he said. <laughs> I mean, there's no one I can think. I mean, when, when, as soon as that contract was signed, it was just everyone was like, this is trash. Why, why? Why would you do this? This is a man who's been very bad for a long time and then suddenly got good. I mean, that's never backfired on anyone before. Always buy, you know, always buy high and sell low. That's called good economics. Yeah, I think the equivalent would have been what was it like two years ago when Chris Carter led the NL in home runs. Yeah, but he's also bad at everything yeah. else. And the Yankees signed him for almost nothing, yeah. and there are people like I can't believe he didn't make more money. Like if you only hit forty-two really good balls in a now. season, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be helping your team a whole lot. So. Oh, that, and I mean, just the the finances of baseball are after as it is. I mean, I still can't believe that. I, I know he's not a great pitcher, but there's got to be five contending teams that use Dallas Keuchel right now. Oh, yeah, that, that and Craig Kimmel right? are, are both. The fact that they're, like, the Brewers could probably use another pitcher, maybe. Uh, the Dodgers are, coll- are falling apart. Hunjin Ryu just got hurt. The Padres could definitely use him. That would be a great place for him to play. He's a ground ball pitcher with a great defense behind him. And then also, if he hits a fly ball, it'll just fall weakly into a glove. So, I don't know. It's that, Things like that baffle me. It's just uh, the, the entire economics of baseball these days doesn't make any sense. It's like all of a sudden they just said, we don't want anyone over 28 years old. It's like it's, go, it's going the way of football, which is depressing because old players are fun too. You know, the Indians are, are great, at, are very good at getting them. Just look at, uh, I don't know, Hanley Ramirez, one of their best hitters. Yeah, and by the way, he's super fun so far. I love Hanley Ramirez. There's the picture after the, the Carlos Santana walk-off of, it's it's the best picture like I've ever seen so far in, in a long time. It's Santana, he's almost skipping to the um, to home plate, mm-hmm. and there's Hanley like with his hands up in the air, and Jake Bowers is pointing at the base. It's like, this team is really fun again. I don't remember, last year was not this fun at points <laughs> as that game. I guess there was, there probably was walk-off, obviously, but. But the fact that it was Carlos Santana and all these new guys joining in, it was really cool. Even without Lindor being there to be able to celebrate. I, when their first, I feel like they didn't have a walk-off hit until late in the season last year. Is there a way to look that up? Oh, yeah, I don't even is, remember. I don't know when it was. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows anything <laughs> I know anymore? 2017 it was um, early on Lindor. It wasn't a walk-off, but it was the go-ahead hit against the Rangers, which is still, I think, oh. my favorite Indians home run. After... After he boofed some play, <laughs> yeah, right? Wasn't yes, that that same game? Was. Yeah, okay. And then there was um, <laughs> the cut from the broadcast includes like a crying Ranger fan at the end. 
Yes. <laughs> and then Madeleine on Twitter. Yeah, I wasn't even watching that one because it's so good. I was uh I got I became very sad after uh, Lindor blew that play, so I went for a walk while listening to the game, and and then he hit the home run. I was like, I became happy again. So, <laughs> which memories, good times. Which fun fact about that that uh the Titanic video that Matt Allaire made that um when I saw that I just thought it was cool, so I put it in a fan shot and then put it on Let's Go Tribe, which it just embeds the tweet and it's like a two second post. That is the most popular post on Let's Go Tribe of all time, which it's is kind funny of depressing. The things that end up being popular posts. <laughs> For instance, the most popular post on Beyond the Box Score is a facetious article written by me <laughs> about how Alex Rodriguez should be the, the Yankees manager. I mean, I didn't really believe it, but everyone loved it. So thanks, J-Lo. <laughs> yeah, if you just suggest things, uh, that's a big thing. Like, That's all, yeah. It's not even a hot take. It's just a dumb idea more than anything else. <laughs> like Anything that makes people think differently, I think, helps a lot. Like Even if it's facetious or not. like If you can point out something that people aren't thinking about, it's going to get a lot of traction, usually. Or if you just show Francisco Lindor hitting a ball really hard to Titanic music, that also works. <laughs> you know, I mean, people are, you know, people are very simple, you know, raw <laughs> creatures. We just want a simple thing, like a big fat dinger set to beautiful music. That's it's, all. It's not that hard. It's it's really easy. Um, so. By the way, I do love the Hanley Ramirez. An image of, I'll, I'll never forget the image of him in my head, of him being a young Marlin. But now he's just kind of a pudgy DH. It's it's nice. Yeah, and he's just I like that he's, now. I hope, I I hope he stays good. I don't know. I just, it would be nice. Even if it was just a batting line like he's posting now, 238, 385, 524. Like, that's awesome. That's my kind of DH right there. Just a big old slugging guy. Like, he's he's doing the thing the DHs were always supposed to be. A place for declining and fading sluggers to spend the last couple of years collecting a paycheck. And I hope he's able to maintain it. Yeah, I mean, last year it was it's nice to have it was Edwin, right? Who isn't nearly declining yeah. yet, but... But it's neat to have Hanley and give a guy another chance. Especially with how bad it ended in Boston. That's a big thing. It's just... I can't believe... I still can't believe that happened. Just cut his ass. <laughs> All right. Which I think... I'm surprised we don't see that more, honestly. If a player's just not doing good, no matter how much you're paying him, just cut him. But <laughs> it just sucked for Hanley. Because he still was hitting the ball hard at that point. They just didn't have room for him, I guess. So mm-hmm. they just let him right. go instead of dragging him along on the bench. Which I guess maybe is best I mean, for everybody. It makes sense, too. It's just the, 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 way, the way that team was, especially... And really baseball as a whole is. It's just having a guy who's one dimensional hurts you, especially if your entire outfield out hits him. I think they had that benefit too, was the fact that they had like the Indians aren't able to do that right now. If they had um, maybe if Lindor was back and then they had another great hitter somewhere else, then they would, they need the DH more as like a, like a half a day off position. So they could keep all these good players in there, but they don't have good players. You know, they're, Playing Jordan Luplo and Max Murrow. Max Murrow? No, he's off, not on the team anymore. Uh, Eric no, Max Murrow is, is very much still on the legitimate. team. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's he? their God. starting second uh, baseman. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Yeah, Eric Stamets is They're on the same. I've been seeing a lot of Brad Miller. Oh, lately. that is. I, guess yeah, I was thinking of when Jose was out. But Max Murrow is definitely still there. He yeah. is very existing. Oh, great. All right. <laughs> They're playing Kevin Ploiecki. He has, he's played in four games, so... You know, they just don't have good players right now, so they need a mediocre player. Yeah. And it's really yeah. depressing. And Eric Stamets, by the way, got his first hit of his career. Uh, there was he did that. That was very was. nice. I, I was very in fear that he might. Uh, I think it was uh, Greg who who Westbrook on Let's Go Tribe. He posted on Twitter that there's a decent chance Eric Stamets could go his entire career without getting a hit. Because if he didn't get a hit by the time Lindor came back, I don't know for sure if he gets another mm-hmm. shot. <laughs> Because he looked really yeah, suck bad. it, Greg. <laughs> yeah, he did. But then I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, also. yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's it. Sad. So I'm glad he got a hit. So at least if if things go south quickly for him, he's got something. He got the ball. He got to keep it and go home. And he seems like a nice dude. So I'm glad he got his hit. And well, plus Lindor's never coming back. So yeah. I think he's that. Going, he's that going <laughs> he's dead. Too. By the way, we didn't. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, breaking news. <laughs> we're just going yeah, it's the Mets. Yeah. By the way, did you see that glove flip that he had on Sunday? That was a smooth ass. I did. It was very pretty. Thing. He's a, he's a I believe it was player. the same game he got the hit. So that was that game is going to go in his personal Hall of Fame. He's going to talk about that game forever. Who's your favorite player? Oh yeah, it's uh, that's that center fielder <laughs> on Columbus, right? What Oscar Mercado? Hell yeah, Oscar Mercado. Yeah, well, where is he? Why can't he play second base or shortstop? <laughs> he was a shortstop, so maybe he could. So you know, there what? you go. See, solve there the problem. Go. Get him in there. Get get out of here, Lindor. Is a new is ignore a new the fact that Mercado struck out six times and seventeen at bats, and just move on and want him to be shortstop. I don't care about the strikeouts. Look, we don't care about strikeouts <laughs> anymore. So, so one thing I wanted to talk about, which just kind of goes along with these weird players doing weird things, is 
is Neil Ramirez, who's an extremely streaky pitcher. He's got one pitch. He has a fastball. It doesn't move. It goes straight. And then he leaves the mound and he's done. Um, Remind you of someone? Mm. <laughs> almost mm. every Indians reliever. I haven't thought about I haven't thought about Zach McAllister in a while, <laughs> but now I just did. So well, yeah. Zach McAllister, he wasn't like a high nineties guy, was he? Did I already forget Zach McAllister? Towards the end, towards the end, he was definitely hitting seven, like 97, 98. Okay, a little bit. Though. Um, it was dead straight. Even more, like it's almost like it moved towards bats. It was amazing. <laughs> it was just magnetized towards him. <laughs> it's still wild to think he was a <laughs> starter he, at one point, but. I know. <laughs> well, those teams were bad. Yeah, those teams were very bad. That's the team nobody remembers. Going back to 2012 and looking at the starting pitchers of the Cleveland Indians <laughs> was depressing at the very best, which I'm doing right now as I talk oh, about this. That. That's painful. That's Why would you do that to yourself? Jason Kidmas was their, was their war leader, so they got that yeah. going on. Yeah, Justin Madison, Ubaldo. Oh, God damn, Ubaldo. He was good for half a season. But anyway, Neil Ramirez. Yeah. Listen, did you Derek did you look at the uh, what this man did in this one inning? Because Neil Ramirez cannot do a whole lot on the mound. He he has his fastball. He needs to put it where he needs to put it. And that's about it. You know, he does have a decent slider. It's not great, but it keeps guys off, off you know, it doesn't, unsettled. Yeah, I guess he did throw it four it's times okay. in the sitting. It was there. but Yeah, it's checkmate. Not, <laughs> it's not great. But uh, he so he threw a ball to Danny Jensen in the first pitch. And then the fourth pitch was a ball. After that, straight strikes. He struck out Socrates Brito, which, by the way, best name in baseball. And also Freddie Galvis. Um, three strikes. He was out. And then Danny Jensen, other than the balls, it was three strikes. So he, I mean, he wasn't like at the end of in a bat and almost had an immaculate inning. But when it was over, you can look back and see that he was really close to an immaculate inning without two balls. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good inning because the last one was Carlos Santana or Carlos Carrasco who threw one for the Indians in like 2017. And his was, he was bailed yeah. out by a really just garbage offense. I think it was the White Sox who were swinging at everything. But if you look, I could I could probably post this in the post for the for the podcast episode, but these were all fantastic pitches. Like if he does this every time, these are like right on the line of the strike zone. He doesn't even need Roberto Perez to frame him. Um, I want to see more of this out of him because th- there was a time last year where he was really good where he went on a streak of being good. He's been awful this season. And then all of a sudden he just found it on the mound. So I'll be interested to see if he can repeat anything even close to this, because it's pretty interesting to see that th- this Neil Ramirez, who I think at one point we both, maybe it's just me, but I, I thought I remember both of us thinking he could be pretty good in the bullpen for, I wrote about it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because his his good fastball and his slider that you like that's really not good. It's it exists and it's got good <laughs> tight movement and he locates it okay. All right, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be the ace of aces, but you know, <laughs> but he's now fine. Mary, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I have nothing else. I was going to yell at you some more. That's all. <laughs> well, I was going to say so. Carrasco had the last immaculate inning in 2017. Who was before that? I want you to take a, take a shot at that. It was in 2014. I'll give you that. The great 2014 huh? Cleveland Indian season, which definitely was not a disappointment oh, whatsoever. That was not so much a disappointment as a gut wrenching pain, <laughs> <laughs> where they were smashed to death by the uh, by the Tigers at the end. There, <laughs> who had their last immaculate inning? It wasn't T.J. House, was it? No. What? <laughs> well, Kraska was the last one in 2017, right? And well, then, before that. And and so it wasn't TJ House. No. Okay. TJ House? What what drew you to TJ House? We should sit back and what? dissect this for a minute. <laughs> He's on the team. I don't know. <laughs> That's the first picture you think of as TJ House. Well, I think I think you're trying to play tricky on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the opposite. It's not tricky at all. Just go with the first oh, picture. Oh, it's Danny Salazar then. No, it's Justin Masterson. But TJ House was better than Justin Masterson that year. <laughs> anyway, it was him in twenty fourteen in June. Oh, that was against the Tigers. I remember that actually, yeah, because yeah, he had a pretty good run there for a bit, and then he became very bad. Yeah, so Neil Ramirez was close to getting one, and I don't know, maybe we'll see it again. I just wanted to bring that up. I was going to put it in a post today, and I didn't get to it, and it's too late to do it now because nobody cares after two days later. But it's true. I just wanted to note it that Neil Ramirez had a super good inning, and I mean, we can also just talk we're... about the fact that I mean, hell, Adam Simber, man, in the last week, three relief innings, zero earned runs with his goofy ass delivery. I am all for that. I, that, I really have been enjoying watching him pitch. I mean, he's just garbage. Not bad garbage. He just heaves garbage <laughs> at them, but it's just so funky. And it is. like it's it's nerve-wracking watching him pitch because you he, he hits like it's like it's like watching Joe Smith a little bit, but but even more extreme in that he has an even lower delivery and throws even slower and also can't get lefties out very well. But I don't know. I like it, and I'm a big fan of Adam Simber. It's just even more so than Neil Ramirez. Like, you wonder if this is all just, you know, propped up on smoke and mirrors. Uh, Neil Ramirez, of course, has not been very good this year so far. 
uh, Adam Simber has been uh, has given up a hit in how many, whatever you know in ending a three and third innings or whatever. I think between them, between them for sure, it's Neil Ramirez is the one more propped up than than Simber. Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't know. It's I, I forgot he was as old as he is, twenty eight. I mean, but there is a lot of hanging, I guess, on Adam Simber between him and John Edwards. They're kind of hoping one of the two of them turns into something more than just a a decent reliever. Uh, in this era of velocity and you know insane break and stuff, Simber is a different kind of outlier. So it could work. I mean. Hitters, even now, as smart and good as they are, they're creatures of habit. So, and since, since we're talking it's about everything, he, it was it's everything he wasn't when he came to the Indians last year, and everything he was when he was on the Padres. So, yeah, we'll which see. is what I was going to mention next is that the the trade of him in hand for Francisco Mejia. I, I guess I should apologize to the Indians because I didn't like that at first, but but man, that's looking uh, kind of good. <laughs> it's way too early to have a verdict on Francisco Mejia, but the the, the no, Padres... let's pass judgment, Matt. Go ahead, pass judgment <laughs> on the twenty three year old who is play who isn't even in the starting lineup. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I'm saying. The Padres do not want to play him like consistently at all. The defense yeah, thing apparently was very real. The Indians, their concerns because Austin Hedges is the starting catcher almost entirely based on his defense. So. So that they weren't wrong with his defense, at least, and his offense hasn't been great either. So, I mean, the Indians got their closer out of it, and maybe a good Adam Simber. So, no, I mean, I agree with you. That's why you trade prospects because they might be something or not. And you, when you can get a, a top flight reliever, I mean, I, I forget that that Brad Hand isn't that. I'm not saying he's not that good. He's not that good. Like he's not Andrew Miller from two years ago. He's still very good, but he's just not quite as automatic as Miller used to be. He's a mortal kind of good, not, not an Andrew. Yes, exactly. He's he's just a, he's just a very good uh, closer. You know what I mean? He's just a, 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 he's a top 20 relief pitcher, I guess, instead of a top two, you know, which is a huge drop off. But at the same time, like, especially when it comes to relief pitching, there's kind of a, like once you get past that top two, it's kind of a muddled mess between, you know, like five and 30 pretty much because, the kind of the barriers of good to great are so slim and so luck based and things like that. Um, I I like that he cleaned up a five out save. It kind of shows also uh, Tito's faith in the rest of the uh, bullpen a little bit. He, Tito's going to shred that poor man's arm, isn't he? Oh, Brad Hand's going to make seventy five appearances this year. It's <laughs> it, just just pencil it in. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Miller has collapsed. He's so bad now. Uh, Brian I don't even Shaw's know where Cody dead. Allen is. Brian Shaw died. <laughs> he went to the mountains and died like a hermit. Uh, I, I, I don't. I honestly, I don't remember where Cody Allen went. I think he's, he's on pitching, the Angels. Maybe is he? Yeah. Uh, he's good at least. Oh Lord, Andrew Miller's ERA is nine eighty two, and his fielding independent pitching is seventeen forty four. It's really bad. I mean, he's. He was driven into the ground, which I got to thank him for that because, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, the, the 2016 does not happen. There, there was somebody that posted about um, Clint Frazier and they wanted him. They were they were saying, oh, wouldn't he look so good in the Indians outfield now? Like, no, you don't, you don't yes, need to do that Yes, of course he would. He would, obviously, but 2016 does not happen without Andrew Miller 100%. So that trade was worth it. If I mean, if the, if the, the difference oh, that, between your two trades That the trade ALCS by him is, was, was stupid. Right. I, the Indians don't make the World Series without him. Oh, oh, without a doubt, they don't—they don't make it to the playoffs. Well, they probably make it to the playoffs, but they go to the World Series. They don't win that ALCS. They probably don't win against the the Red Sox for that matter. I mean, it's—it's it's just not even—not even him him pitching, but his existence, the the fear of God that he created, the the pressure he put on opposing offenses because like they they're like we got to get to Josh Tomlin now because we're not getting any runs in two innings or which I think you know I don't know. I feel like that would create a mental pressure in its own right. And that's, that's one of the reasons that Tom was able to perform so well because he, and Ballard would agree too, because he was able to seek out the aggressiveness of these guys and take advantage of it. And for a picture of just of Josh Tomlin circa 2016, that's very good. So, man, I really miss being excited about a reliever coming in. I don't think it's happened since I guess 2017 Andrew Miller was pretty good too, but now it's either, uh, or, Hmm. Interesting. Right. Every time John Edwards comes in, it's like, hmm, will this be the time that he proves himself to me? <laughs> no, not this time. It appears. I mean, last year was or just Simber. constant mentally screaming, but this year it's there's not quite as many. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's 
the hand shows up and you go, nice. Okay. <laughs> got those dead black eyes, like a doll's <laughs> eyes. It's very unsettling. But I mean, there, the Andrew Miller was like, every time I imagined him waiting in the bullpen, it was always a Darth Maul behind the, um, like the barriers yes. in episode one. Yeah, where the door opens and right. he just lights one thing and then and he lights the other side of his lightsaber. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I always imagined him like even Cody Allen was fun. Yeah, Cody yeah, Allen was fun right. too. He was a little more um, heart attack inducing, but but Andrew Miller was just so shut down every time come in. It would just be so fun to watch him just make people look silly after watching Corey Kluber pitch and then make mm-hmm. it nothing. And I just kind of missed that. So, well, the hitter, the pitcher just got better, everyone. Oh, God. No. <laughs> yeah, you went from Corey Kluber to an even better pitcher. Congratulations. Yeah, that you know that twenty sixteen by Allen was a lot of fun too. He was like you said, heart attack inducing, but sometimes that's fun. Um, Hand seems more competent than that. I think I think Brad Hand's probably a better pitcher than uh, Cody Allen. Ooh, that's uh, a I guess yeah, maybe more consistent. Well, I don't know. Cody I Allen? mean, we'll see. He's only been a closer for two years, but I mean that that's the very nature of the whole thing too. It's just he. Closers are like that. They exist for a year or two and then they disappear. You know what I mean? Like they, they live on a on the razor's edge for a bit and then they it all falls apart because they fall off that razor's edge. I think that's what we saw happen with uh, Shaw uh, to a large degree, especially Shaw. He didn't have the velocity to lean back on. And now if you watch someone like Miller, he doesn't have the velocity at all anymore. He's hitting, I was watching the cards again the other night and he was pitching. He was hitting like 93, 94 when it used to be, you know, 97, 98 plus the slider moved five and a half feet. So. Now it's not that. It's a bit more sad. And Brad Hand's been great. I mean, he doesn't have any of the stuff that perhaps uh, Miller did, but I think maybe he has a little more movement on the fastball. I don't know. He does. Like, it it seems like his a, fastball tails a lot more than anybody else's did. Yeah, exactly. Which, which which makes his slider better in its own right because it just creates an, you know a net difference in movement, which is nice. So yeah. So, Mary, did you watch this uh, this Renaissance painting that unfolded before us in the Reds and Pirates? Uh, so, Derek Dietrich's Derek Dietrich. Yo, D- the Dietrich. gear they were both wearing was so dope because the Reds have like a very <laughs> like like timeless uniform, and then the 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 Pirates, Pirates with their pillbox thing. hats. It's so dumb. Awesome thing. Awesome <laughs> dumbass thing. thing. Yeah. If they didn't, if they changed their helmet and hat, it'd be better. I like the the look of everything else, but those hats are. You don't like the pillbox? No, no, they're the worst. <laughs> but so, let me explain what happened real quick. I'm sure most people know, but Derek Dietrich hit a home run. He watched it for a good, what do you want to say, two, you three are, seconds? <laughs> you are underrating that home run. He hit a bomb. He did. He, he, bombed. Hit, he hit it all the way to the Monongahela, all right? Like, jeez. <laughs> he matched it, yes. Or whichever river that is. Is that the Allegheny? I'm not sure which it's one the that Allegheny, is. Yeah. It's, there's, oh, it? there's three of them, so I mean, it could be any of them. I don't remember which way. Well, but it's only on one of them. Right, I, I still remember where it is. the stadium is now, but... But he watched it for a while. The next time he came up, Chris Archer threw something behind him. Which, by the way, a couple of funny things about that. For one, Chris Archer, when he strikes people out, he likes to hop backwards toward the dugout. And also, right before the game, the Pirates tweeted out that about how fun Chris Archer was. And he loves he loves excitement and showing excitement. Let the kids play and all this. And then he gets all pissy when somebody watches their home run. That was kind of funny. Again, he hit it really hard and far. <laughs> like, He's allowed to watch it. Shit, Just dance for yeah. all I care. I don't. It's like the touchdown. Dance... Dab. I don't know what kids do. Do pull out a hacky sack. I don't know. Do something after you hit a home run. Enjoy it, and then come around the bases. I don't care. What if... is yeet? <laughs> Can you yeet around the bases? <laughs> Just do that, and I don't care. That's fine. But I guess you could. It would take a while. What is the past tense of yeet? Let's look. Yeeted. There is not one. It has no past tense. Yacht. <laughs> yote. Yote. It's got to be yote. Um, but yeah, well, what do you? This is this is stupid. I mean, I, I want to bring it up because we both talk about that. It's more fun to be fun in baseball, anyway. Um, and then, of course, Yasiel Puig was was held back by his teammates or attempted to be held back, and he was just barreling over people to get to the Pirates players, which is really cool because I love Yasiel Puig. What a mammoth man he is! He is Tr- truly gigantic. Now, if this happened with the Indians, who would be the Yasiel Puig? Can you see anybody just trying to barrel through people? I don't think Carlos Santana would get that fired up. I think he's the biggest guy that would do it. I think I think maybe Jose Ramirez. I think he would. He seems small and scrappy. He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, always has. Um I mean, Roberto Perez has kind of that mama bear uh <laughs> feel to him. Like if someone fucked with, one, That's so with one of his <laughs> with one of the pitchers or something like that. 
Uh, it's because of the bad facial hair. That's really what it is. <laughs> Roberto Perez is a mama bear. It's so good. He's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so he, t- he like loves all his pictures too, and they all love him. He's the mama bear. I know. That's exactly. a new thing for Roberto right. Perez. I'm going with that. We've anyway. done it. You're welcome, everybody. I mean, this is why we record <laughs> these things. These stream consciousness madnesses because we can say things like this. But yeah, I would definitely see Roberto Perez being that. Um, um, other than that, I mean, a lot of these guys are <laughs> haven't been on the team long enough to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine Hanley Ramirez. Maybe he's just bored. He wants to get out there and start swinging. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> oh, we're brawling? All right. Yeah, that seems like fun. Yeah, I think Jake Bowers uh, should be the guy I... in the background smiling because there's always one of those guys. I think that'd also be Lindor. <laughs> Looking off in the distance, yeah. just smiling. Yeah. <laughs> like there's that great shot of, I it's I think it's of the malice at the palace where it's like two guys are just clobbering each other and like two rows up is just a guy in like a fine suit just sitting back drinking a beer, smiling. That just absolutely that would be uh yeah yeah and definitely the bauer clevenger bieber trio would just be smiling somewhere oh they'd be hanging out high high five and whatnot so i would think (laughs) ramirez probably would be number one just because he's uh he's 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 got a quiet fire to him followed by if someone was fucking with a pitcher specifically roberto perez would be suspended from 50 games for (laughs) violence on the field and you'd be like well i mean it was wrong what he did but it was warranted. So, yeah. Eric Stamets seems kind of scrappy, too. Again. He seems like just street re- scrappy. I just, I just don't think any of these players would care enough. Uh, granted, Yasiel Puig's been on the Reds for, you know, half an hour. But he loves everyone. <laughs> he does. So, he has a hashtag know. about he, it. He's your friend. He he is. I mean, he's just, he, he, whatever team he's on, he's 120% in. And I just, I don't know enough about many of these players. And. When it's when you have a team built around pitchers too, they don't want to hurt their hands, so they're definitely going to be a little bit less combative. They want to stand away from you and throw stuff at you. <laughs> and Brad Miller and his gloveless hands would definitely come up like fisticuff style, like have his hands up mm-hmm. and angled backwards. I say, right? yes, that would be Brad Miller. Um, a large handlebar mustache would appear on his face all of a sudden. <laughs> you go, I say, oh, put up your dukes, ruffian, and, and whatnot. Yeah, but also I like this worth- image of Brad Miller as a as an eighteen eighties uh, English boxer now. <laughs> That is what I see him as, like every without those gloves. I guess there are other pictures without gloves, but he just looks so old-fashioned and, with it. You know, uh, lifting yeah. those, tra- those trapezoidal weights and whatnot. <laughs> so, hot, 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 hot. Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, I also yeah. can't see this happening with the Indians at all because I can't imagine any pitcher that would do that. I, I think Bauer, for um, for as like out there as he is, he's he is contextually aware enough that that's just stupid to do. I think, and then. I can't think of another pitcher that would. And then I guess Jose Ramirez might pimp a home run enough for a bat flip. He might, because he's done right. it before. Right. In like, front of I'm Paul trying Mulder. to think of, I'm trying to think of a player on another, because t- it would have to be a divisional rival. I'm trying to think of another t- player on another team that might draw the ire of one of the pitchers. Like nobody's good enough, enough. right now. <laughs> I guess the twins um, the in a couple of years when it matters. Like maybe the twins, maybe someone like, I mean, Nelson Cruz, I guess could really bonk one. Um, I guess this, this sort of gets to the root of the problem. Like the Indians don't have a real rival right now. Like I can't watch anybody and be angry. No, they do and not. It's, that kind of sucks. And like Carlos Carrasco is not going to do it because he did that once and got suspended. So that had memories. <laughs> ah, the good old days, <laughs> twenty thirteen or whatever. Yeah, there's just no like. I can't imagine you that mad at any Twins players because they're the Twins. Well, that's the thing. Who gets mad at the Reds? They're bad. <laughs> the Pirates. The Pirates hate the Reds. Are you kidding? Do they? That's a thing, I think. Oh, all right. It's... I'm almost positive that's a that's a that area thing because Pittsburgh and Ohio is just a or Penn, yeah Pittsburgh and Ohio in general is a thing because I used to live like the intersection of those between Cleveland and Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati is sort of tacked on sometimes. Just everybody hates Pittsburgh, man, and then they hate people back. I don't know. I think it's just stupid anyway. You don't throw behind a guy. Just strike him out if it annoys you so much. You what? What I really want to see is when that happens. I want to see like. Chris Archer strike him out and then like wave him off to the dugout or say something chirp at him. That's what I want to see. Oh, like that time that uh, <laughs> like that time that Bauer did that to um. Oh, who was that incredibly flawed player on the on the White Sox from like two years ago? Uh, a little baby Miguel Cabrera. What was his name? Avisayal Garcia. He kept on saying, like, yeah, you won't throw a fastball to me. You won't throw a fastball to me. He's like, you're right, I won't. He threw like three straight curveballs. <laughs> yes. That's struck, what I want to see. Struck him out yeah. and then just gestured him back to the dugout because 
That's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sass him back. And Mike Cleverdy talked about it one time that Miguel Cabrera called a home run off him, which was cool. Like, yes, that's really yeah. cool. That's the kind of stuff. I mean, that's well, you know, that's that's not even taunting. That's just I'm I am one of the greatest hitters of all time at the height of my powers. <laughs> Bow to me. Who is this rook? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Who's this guy that was just throwing up in the bathroom ten minutes ago? Get him out of here. Yeah. Like, like, come on now. Yeah. Clown. I, I smell the vomit from here. I'm gonna hit a home run <laughs> I over will crush there. You. Does oh all right there you go then. <laughs> By the way, do you have a bird in the background of your thing there? Oh, my cat is playing with a toy oh. right behind me. <laughs> I got worried. Cause I thought it was like a a bird in my wall or something. But anyway, no, no, that's just the listeners getting to enjoy me owning a kitten. It's great. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. It's not irritating. So Mar- it doesn't wake me up at three a.m. <laughs> Every Monday, we ask people on Twitter and Facebook for their questions. On this, we got a couple good ones. So first, we'll start with at the fridge fifty nine. He wants to know when cargo is ready. Who do you think is getting the boot? That's the first question. He has a second part, which Naquin next. Real, I think it's Luplo at this point. I don't think Naquin. Oh, knows. I didn't think about Luplo. Honestly, I was just thinking about that thing that uh, <laughs> that Hoinsey was talking about the other day. That either that either one of Naquin. No, that was or, Terry Pluto. Uh, was that Pluto? Yeah, yeah Naquin or, uh, Bowers. or Bowers was on the cut shopping block. And I'm like, this is insane. And that's what has driven. <laughs> Pluto has had like, this thing mad. against Bowers since he came over. There's no way he's going down. But I just, it's, I was so mad at that. I saw Redford and then I started tweeting about like, exit velocities for a while. <laughs> that's what I do. I get mad. I, mean, I just go for exit velocities. Yeah. Um, it's got to be hop my way over to. It's probably, I mean, maybe due to. I guess it's it's about what they're trying to do here right like is it are are we just trying to what are we doing win here? games <laughs> i don't know what's going on here what what is <laughs> it's a question we haven't really approached i think and it really to the Cleveland Indians this year what the hell are they doing <laughs> what but i don't know i think probably Luplo because he's performing the the least good of all of them but i mean that said both, and this is a really stupid way to look at it, but it makes some sense. He's right-handed, right? And both Bowers and uh, Naquin are left-handed. And, I mean, neither of them can hit a left-handed uh, pitcher really very as well as you'd like. And Luplo at least has a theoretical bonus of being a, you know, um, good platoon guy. So that that could be something, and he can play two outfield slots, and he's younger than Naquin. Maybe could have something to do with it. I mean, for all Naquin's great play the other day, he's slugging, you know, bad. Um, he's still performing not great. He that one of his doubles was kind of funky. So I don't know. I I think it'll probably be Naquin, but your Luplo answer makes a lot of sense too. It make that makes the most honest sense. I think it probably should be Naquin just because. Yeah, I don't think it's Bowers. I don't know, I'm in this whole let. No, definitely, not. I'm, I'm in this whole let the kids play. See, like like we're this is a rebuilding year on secret, but you know, yeah, either or. I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll probably be Luplo. You're right. Yeah, I think the. I mean, the minor league outfielders are going to press the matter because they're all hitting really well. Gonzalez is four for twelve with yes. three walks. Mercado does have four hits, but he struck out six times. So maybe I'll Hell cool yeah. the Jets on him a little bit. But That adds up to 10. So there you go. And 10 <laughs> is a good round number. So the second part of the Fridges question was, also do you think Santana getting some playing time in third at third base and shifting Jose to second is a viable move to get some more productive at-bats out of the infield with Bowers at first and Henley at DH? Good Lord, hell? no. <laughs> Carlos Santana is not a good third baseman. <laughs> Jose Ramirez is not going to move anymore. Uh, no, 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 no. I think Bowers has proved his that versatility to stay in the outfield. <laughs> That question just spiraled its way into me going, what the, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> it's a, it's an idea, but I think the Indians have tried Carlos Santana at third base and it failed spectacularly and they're not going to, I mean, Jose doesn't want to move back and forth. And I think that's fair. He's good enough to let him stay. I third. believed in you, the fridge. I believed in you. <laughs> and then you let me down with his ridiculous question. Um, so at Cleo Mason, he asked, should Tito be the early favorite for manager of the year? With the six and three start with this everyday lineup, definitely being my expectations. And maybe it's a it's a tad bit early, but I mean they're I think that the rotations should get rotation of the year before Terry Francona gets anything. But um but I mean this is we didn't mention it at all. This is the best start under Terry Francona, which seems remarkable. <laughs> Through nine games, they've never been better than six and three. 
because they, they always started so slow, and this is the year they start. Yeah, faster, so bad. So. You know, ten and eleven a couple years ago, yeah. and like fourteen and ten usually, things like that. Yeah. Well, no, I think he should be the manager of the Mariners. Who is Matt? Scott Service. Manager of the Mariners. Oh, nice. Very good. How'd you know that? Because you know you know the dumb reason? Because every time I see his name, I think it's Cervase, and then somebody says it, and it's Service. So it's just been stuck no, in my head. I was, I was super going to say Scott Cervase, <laughs> so I'm glad you said it. <laughs> it's Cervase. I, I yeah, it looks like Cervase. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so, that is a good... That's yeah. a better candidate over... over. Nothing against Tito so far. To I answer the really question good. directly? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's another one. Who's the Rangers uh, manager? Matt? Ron Washington. <laughs> that was like <laughs> Damn, three he was the ago. man too. Yeah. Who is their Chris manager? Woodward. Chris what? Woodward. That's not a person. It is. Just like uh Tori Lavulo is is still a person. Chris Woodward is like a manager at Staples. That is not a major league manager. Like I'm just clicking through some of these managers. I'm like, who? <laughs> you know, like I got forget that Dave Martinez is the manager of the Nationals and they played twenty minutes from me. <laughs> There's a lot Don of Mattingly? Yeah. You can't forget Don Mattingly. Come on now. I know, but Brian <laughs> Snitker. That's not. Is that the Reds? No, that's the Braves. The Reds is Dusty. It's Baker. not Ryan Sandberg. That's for damn sure. <laughs> it's it's somebody. It's David Bell. All right, if you say so. I believe me too. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. There's somebody. Is that? A th- am I just getting old? Like I remember there used to be a time where I could just name every manager. No, it's just managers don't matter anymore. Yes, they're right. all just uh, they're all just uh, you know uh, the puppets of the front office more often than not. Usually, you can name the at this point you it's you're able to name the president of baseball operations or whatever. You know, for instance, you know uh, Dick Williams or Neil Huntington or uh, uh, Farhan Zaidi. Or, that is a good point. I think I could probably name more front office execs than managers. That's. I almost certainly can, you yeah. know, it's just because they're, they're now the, you know, it's, it's, that's been since I would say, you know, the, the early two thousands with, um, Moneyball. Yeah. With, with well, my, yeah. Uh, with Bean and then, um, Epstein. And obviously you always had uh, Cashman, but it's because his last name is Cashman. It's on the team that spends all the money. So it was, <laughs> that's why that works. Yeah. Do you want to know how cool I was like, as a teenager? <laughs> it works. Um, there was a point I where don't... I could, <laughs> I could name every, um, NFL coach, one receiver, a quarterback, and a running back for every team. And then I tried to do it at night before I went to sleep because I was really cool. You it was, are cool. <laughs> it was like 2005, 2006 was my peak NFL watching years. And I could name all those for every single team. And I would just go through them and do them. Like, yes, I'm so cool at the end. Who is Charlie Montoyo? It's not a person. That's a that's Charlie a Montoya? A Montoyo. What? <laughs> anyway, Mary. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, we're going to have... Only two questions, huh? Did I soak up all the time with my blathering about, <laughs> about managers? Uh, no, we doesn't get any questions. Um, it's, it's also uh, worth noting now that people should subscribe to uh, Let's Go Tribe if you're not already, because we also have a pros- prospect podcast that's going to come out on Fridays. And these questions that you got here, we're going to be changing things around soon. It's going to be a separate show altogether where we'll have... Format change. Format change. <laughs> we need to have a format change breaker in the middle. <laughs> um, but there'll be a nice, nice little separate show where he asks us questions and a rotating cast of Let's Go Try Writers will come on and answer it along with me and Merritt. And then might be interviewing more people on the uh, this whole flagship podcast here. So it'll be fun. Could we'll be me. Could be me doing a different funky voice. Could be. <laughs> could be uh, Bonnie Relliard. Who knows? Could be my cat. <laughs> What do you think, Charlie? <laughs> yes, you're very cute. He's got the great points. So, yeah. Talk to you next week, man. Love you.